Okay, let's maybe start moving. We are a loving group this morning. That's good to see. So, good morning, dear friends. We are in a series, if many of you know, that this is between you and me. We've so far, we've looked at encourage one another. We've looked at love one another. We've looked at serve one another. And then this week, we're going to look at submit to one another. And let's just start by praying. Father God, I just thank you for today. I just... Um, Pray that you just help me get through this without coughing and sneezing, but um, just help our hearts to be open and just maybe just help us to learn to better submit to one another and to ultimately submit to you. In your name we pray, amen. So how many of you know what a three-second escape is? That's what I thought, because I invented it, because I made it up. I made it up in high school. I went to high school with a, I think he was a two-time state championship heavyweight wrestler. I think he, he wrestled in the championship match all four years. But uh, do we have any wrestlers or former wrestlers in the, a few of you? So other than scoring points, how do you submit some, or how do you win? You pin them for how long? Three seconds, thus, three-second escape. So with this, boy would do, he was a man-child, but what he would do is he would thought that it was fun to just grab me and take me and twist me and contort me and, well, abuse me and hurt me. And so, you know, I didn't, I was a basketball player, so I had zero wrestling skills, but um, I didn't like brain skills. So it didn't take me long that if I just let him grab me and I rolled on my back and go one, two, three, then I would be up. <laughs> it would be over. So in a way, that's, that's being submitted. So that's what the term three-second escape, that's where it came from. That's how I made up that story. So, um, you know, I put myself under his control. I put it under his power. He overpowered me. But I started to think about that, and I, I, I was thinking, that's more of the word cower. It was more cowering when, I, when he came around. And to cower is to shrink or crouch, especially for shelter from something that menaces, domineers, and dismays. Well, he did all of those to me. And so if I saw him, I would cower. I would try to find shelter. I would try to hide because he did. He domineered me. He was a menace, and he caused me a lot of dismay. But if you look at the word submit, submit's different than that. Submit, one of the words in that is yield, and it's to yield to governance or authority to yield oneself to the authority or will of another, to consent to abide by the opinion or authority of another. So you can see the, the word yield is in there a lot. And military, many of you have been in the military and, and might know this, that it's, a, it's also a military word of submitting to authority, to submitting to officers or people above you that have a higher rank. And, you know, cower is different. Cower, we seek shelter. When we submit, we yield to authority. So when we submit to someone else, we submit underneath them. We submit underneath their authority. And I, that's sometimes hard to do, I think. Because most of us, if you're like me, we don't like to be told what to do. We like to be the one in charge. 
We, we don't want someone telling us that you have to do this or you have to do that because maybe I think I, I don't want to do that or who are you to tell me that? Or maybe they're just asking you just not to say something. You don't, you don't want to submit to that. You don't want to submit myself to them. So we'll look at today's scripture. It comes out of Ephesians 5.21. It's just a short little verse. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this is a verse that the next section, many of the men will know this because the next words say, wives submit to your husbands. But then I think as husbands, we forget the rest because there's, a, there's an even bigger thing that was husbands are supposed to submit to. But we're not going to really touch on that today. We might leave that for Stan for a future talk or something like that. But um, before that, Paul also talks about a Christian life, what it means to, to live in Christ, to things that we should do and things that we should avoid, things that we shouldn't let be, be part of our lives. And so, but here's this, just this one-line verse. It's just sandwiched between these. And it's, I, I think it's a transitional verse. It's just a transitional verse that takes us from one to another, but it all has to do with our Christian living, with what, what we, how we should live our lives. But I think it's, it's not to just be the next section of applying to husbands and wives, but I think it's to everybody. It's submitting to everyone. And there's a couple words that stuck out in me in this, this verse, and the first one was reverence. And reverence is a word that I actually until right now, I don't remember ever using that word in conversation. Um, so I don't know if that's because I'm not very reverent, but um, it, uh, it's not a word in, that we use all the time. And if we use, look at reverence, it means fear, terror, or respect. And those are kind of an interesting group of words there. And to use this in the Bible, another term they use this to in terror was when the disciples were on the boat in the, in the lake and there's a storm and they look out and here's Jesus walking across the water and it says they were terrified. And something tells me that if I saw somebody walking on water in the middle of a storm, I might be a little terrified too. So I don't, I don't blame them for that, but it's, when I think of this word reverence, I think of almost awe, that we're just in awe of God. That, we're, that we just look at God as this, it's just we don't really know we're in awe. Like I said, in awe is the definition. It says, a feeling or respect of reverence mixed with dread and wonder. It's often inspired by something majestic or powerful. So I don't think we need to be terrified of God or look at God in dread, but God is majestic, I think. He's, he's powerful. And if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about God being love that God's a loving God, and that he is love. So I, I, we can look at him in just in a sense of awe, and that if we submit to one another, we're, we're in a way submitting to God, and that we, we live to please God. But really, what I do is I tell this story about the gospel to where were all the disciples when they were, saw Jesus walking on the water? They were in the boat. So title of our sermon today, we're all in the same boat. So I think we're all in the same boat called life. You know, th that life has its challenges. Life has its relationships. And I think of this, I go, okay, so what kind of boat would we be in? So at first I thought of this, the, the boat that's, there's a lot of good analogies with this, but, you know, the long skinny boats that they use in the Olympics that 
the guys think of Harvard and Yale, and there's a coxswain is the guy at the back that he's yelling the people to row and keep them all in rhythm, and they're all you know rowing, and I was going, that's way too sophisticated for us, so I, that's not us, and that's not the boat that we're on. Then I thought, well, maybe a sailboat. I thought, well, that, yeah, that might work. And then I, the image that came to mind is, how many of you guys remember Caddyshack, the movie Caddyshack? Yeah, well, remember when the judge christens his boat and how they're all dressed up in white and they got their sweaters tied around their shoulder and they're wearing the goofy hat and I was going, That's, that really is not us. And then I thought, I got it. It's a pirate ship. So that's the ship we're on. We're all on this pirate ship. We're all just kind of a makeshift bunch of people that, you know, just got put together in this thing called life. So you may, th some of you are laughing, but you know, a pirate ship's got a lot of structure to it. It has more structure than you guys can think. And so within this pirate ship, there's got to be relationships. There's to be a lot of relationships, and there's lots of different people that make up these relationships. And really to make it work, it, there has to be submitting. To make a, the ship work, we have to submit to one another. So what I'd like to do is just take a little closer look at this pirate ship, and um, we'll talk about the crew. That's our first, first blank is a crew. So variety of people, all the way from the swab to the captain. We won't talk to everybody about everybody because there was too many positions, but let's start with the swab. The swab was a person that he, he never really had a position in this in us pirate ship. He was responsible for swabbing the deck. That's the name swab or swabby. And he really didn't have people that he was in authority over, but he submitted to everybody. And he just kind of found himself on the ship, and I think he was kind of a runaway or just hit out on the ship and said, oh, well, you can go swab the decks. So a next position is a cabin boy. Cabin boy, as the name implies, would be responsible to the people, officers in the cabin. So the captain and the people underneath the captain. And the cabin boy really didn't have a lot of authority either, but he, you know, had some, but he submitted mostly to the officers. Now, Able-bodied sailors, that's probably most of us in this room. The able-bodied sailors were the ones that really made the ship go. They're the ones that could hoist the sails and rig the sails and adjust the sails and they could steer the boat. They would know what the captain's mood was so they would know kind of what they could do and what they couldn't do. So they, they were able to just read a lot of stuff and they were really just the ones that did everything. And, Within this group, there was still ranking amongst themselves, so they submitted to one another also because somebody might have a higher position than the next, but they still were submitting to one another, and they had the officers above them. Now, the carpenter or the surgeon was somebody that was a little bit above the able-bodied sailors, and I think the carpenter or surgeon, maybe we could put that like as a plumber or electrician or somebody in our modern-day times, somebody that... that has little more training, little more skill than maybe the able-bodied sailors, but the funny thing about the carpenter and the surgeon was is that they were the same person a lot of times. So I guess if you were handy with a saw with a piece of lumber, you'd be handy with the saw if somebody needed an arm cut off. But, you know, a little higher ranking, still people underneath him and people above him. And then there was a position called the sailing master. The sailing master was the one that he could navigate he could tell them where to go, he could read the stars, he could read maps, and there wasn't a lot of these guys around in that time. So sailing masters were usually captured from other ships and, and 
given a position on the boat, and it's a pretty high-ranking position and pretty well-respected position. You know, I'm thinking like an engineer, something like that, maybe in modern-day times, if we want to compare that. Then there's the quartermaster. The quartermaster is the second in line. The quartermaster would be like a vice president. And the quartermaster, he actually was um, responsible. He, direct, he spoke directly to the captain. But the quartermaster also was to represent the crew. So if the crew had a desire or the crew had a wish, he had to submit himself to their will to represent that to the captain. And then the captain, ultimately, ultimate responsibility, so the top guy. But you may not know this on a pirate ship, but on a pirate ship, the captain could be removed. The captain could be voted off the ship by the crew. So in a sense, the captain even had to submit to the crew because he, if he wanted to remain in his position, he had to, well, keep them happy. So there has to be some submission there. So I kind of look at this pirate ship and I think maybe some of you are putting some connections of, it's, it's, it is, it's kind of like our life. We all have different spots, different, different things in our lives. We all have different jobs, different roles, and maybe we fit somewhere in that hierarchy of the, of, of a pirate ship. So what I want us to do is just kind of sit here and think. I'm going to read a couple Bible verses. I want us to just imagine where would I be on this pirate ship? Where would my, where would my, my ranking be on this? And let's look at Romans 13, verses 1 and 2. It'll be on your screen too. It says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. We'll look at that last verse here a little bit later also. So Titus 3, 1 through 2 is the next one. Remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. So if we're all on this ship and we all have a job, what do you think would happen if none of us, we didn't want to submit to one another? We just wanted to do our own thing. I didn't want to listen to where the quartermaster's telling me to do, or I didn't want to listen to the sailing master. We would not know where we're sailing. I think that we'd, we'd live in some chaos. We'd have complete chaos on this pirate ship, which maybe that's the image we have of pirate ships, but it really wasn't. And... I read these two verses, and I don't see an argument for submitting, to not submit. I think this is very, saying very clearly that we are to submit, and that by seeing, I see God commanding that. God's commanding us to submit to authority. So if we make an argument here that wouldn't we follow that authority comes from God, and in James 4, 7, it says we are commanded to submit to God, if we're supposed to submit to anyone who has placed an authority of us, and we're commanded to do that, that we're ultimately submitting to God. So if we look at ourselves today, let's bring ourselves back up in today. So we all have elected officials. There's elected officials in the government that we all are under authority. So we may like them or we may not like them. We all have bosses. We have coworkers, we have managers, we have shift leaders, we have parents. Some of us are parents. 
and we have people respond that we're responsible for that we have authority over so like i said it, the pirate ship's kind of like life it's just kind of what life is so um both of these the ship and our life we have relationships to each other like i said there's relationships last week i talked about being a servant with many masters so we look to serve serve one another this week we're looking at submitting to one another and I wonder how much different our lives would look if we just actually did submit to one another. If we just didn't always want to fight. We just submitted and to the authority. And I thought, I said, you know what? I think life would be a whole lot more peaceable. I think our life would just be it's probably easier. And it brings us to our next blankets. I think we'd encounter some smooth sailing. So... We're on our ship, we're sailing along as pirates do. We're just um, submitting to one another. We're doing what the sailing does. It takes everyone working together, following orders, relaying orders. You know, the swabbies are swabbing their deck. They're swabbing up the puke from the motion sickness. Sailing masters are telling us where to go. The able-bodied sailors are just adjusting the sails and we're just clicking along just fine. The carpenter is not being a surgeon and he's fixing things on the boat. All this takes relationships to work. It takes relationships where the word submit means to come underneath one another. Everybody bears their load. They work together. And maybe some of these lines of authority start to fade away a little bit. We put ourselves under the authority of someone else. We submit to one another. So let's just imagine that. We're just doing our job on our sailboat, on our pirate boat. We're it's probably leaning over this way, we're in the sail, we're going along, we're riding off into the sunset, sun's going down, pirate flags waving in the air. It's just something right out of Disney, isn't it? So just keep that in mind. Just, let's just think about that for a while. Well, hate to tell you, but <laughs> we're pirates. <laughs> pirates don't just sail off into the sunset and have this Disney, little Disney episode. Pirates, what do they do? They, they try to find a ship. They try to pillage a ship and take it over. And, and, and oh, that's what pirates do. It's not out of a Disney movie. So I, when I, I find myself, I find myself maybe that there's times in my life when I might have some smooth sailing for a while. Things might be going along pretty well. But I have relationships with other people and, well, Sometimes there's problems. Sometimes there's arguments. There's disagreements. There's, um, they tell me what to do or I tell them what to do. And, well, I find myself needing to submit to them. Maybe I feel like they need to submit to me. Maybe what I really need to do is just submit to God. So it doesn't matter if you're the swabby or the carpenter. We just face situations that we submitting. Maybe, maybe that's the answer is just submitting. And... I have two friends where that's not true. I have two friends that say that they never have disagreements or arguments with anybody, and they just get along with, with um, everyone. And, um, but for the rest of us, I think that's not true. I think the rest of us, we have problems with other people. We have, we have disagreements. And so, well, let's look back at our pirate ship a little bit. So our pirate ship, now we're, we've been sailing for a while, and all of a sudden we see a ship up in the distance. So again, what do pirates do? 
they're going to go take over that ship. So we sail off, we come alongside that ship, and well, kind of like our relationships. Things are happening, things are going on, we're kind of button heads. Well, we head into battle. Our next line on our, our outline is we, we head into battle, and well, the pirates know what to do. They fall into rank. They know their roles from all the way from the top to the bottom. And there's one goal. There's one goal in this, to win the battle. To win the battle and take the other vessel. You know, as I mentioned military before, this is, we, we work in rank. And so the military has rank and you follow orders. And um, when, you, when you do that, there's, there's one common goal. Again, it's to win the battle. And that one person is not greater than the battle that there's sacrifices and submission, that, that people f- follow that to be successful, we need to submit to one another. And who has never had an argument with someone else? All of you guys have never had an argument with someone else. Wow, that's amazing. Me neither. Oh, who has never had an argument with someone else? Oh, there was one person there. It's over here. I saw that. So it, that's a coincidence. Me and you, same. I never have either. That's amazing. But... Um, that's, that's a lie. That's not true. I, I've had, I may not have had one today yet, but I have lots of battles. I have lots of, lots of disagreements where I don't see eye to eye with the, the person. But then I wonder, um, how do you determine who wins the battle? How do you determine that? It's, it's, well, it's the one that gives up. It's the one that surrenders. It's the one that submits. Maybe they submit because they're just done with this and they just want to be, have this over. So they just give up. And then, what, well, the person that's losing or the person that submits or gives up, how do they feel? Like a loser. Well, so a loser might feel defeated, feel worthless. They feel helpless. They feel scared, maybe rejected. But then I thought, well, what if, like in this situation, I'm the losing captain and I'm responsible for all of these people and I let all these people down. How would you feel then? Maybe we're, we're, we're responsible for some people. and You know, we feel alone. And then I wonder, do we need to feel that way? Do we need to, do we to feel that? Is it, is it necessary in every battle we have to win, have a winner or a loser? Is it always necessary that we have a clear winner? And then I thought of Romans 12.18. 12.18 says... Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So that seems easy enough. You just live at peace with everyone, but I don't think that's, that's that easy either. And, you know, we have battles, and I can make people mad. I can, I can people get upset with me and disagree with me. And then, you know, this, this verse in Romans, this is one of my wife's favorite verses, and I can just hear her voice going on in my head, is to be at peace with everyone. And that's great, but how do I do that? How do I be at peace with everyone? And, well, maybe that's the series that we're in right now. We encourage one another. We love one another. We serve one another. And today we submit to one another, and next week we'll look at another one another. But we have arguments. We have bosses. We may be the boss. We're under the authority of the government. Some of us may even work for the government and be the government. You know, there's rules. There's rules that we have, and I might like some, and you may like some, but there's lots that we probably don't like. Things that, you know, Jim and I will agree on, things that Jim and I might not agree on. 
if we, I want to look back at now the Romans 13, 2 verse. It says, consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. I read that and I think, if I don't submit to authority, I'm going to do battle with God. I'm not sure I want to do that. I'm not sure I want to battle God. So maybe, just maybe, I want to submit to one another. I want to listen to God's word. Maybe I want to submit to God's authority. Maybe I want to submit to authority. You know, I don't want this, this is what this is telling me is, is that we're rebelling against God if we don't. That we're rebelling against God's authority and that he'll, well, he'll bring judgment on me. I don't think I want God's judgment. Now, parents in the room, I know this is hypothetical here, but how many of you have had a spanking stick? I know nobody will admit it, but yes, I had one. Okay, one other person admits that we had a spanking stick. A few more. Well, used on you, you could say that too. But um, hypothetically, now, did it get to the point where you had a spanking stick and all you need to do is mention the spanking stick and, well, the child would come under your authority. They would submit to your will. And would it be too far-fetched to say that God has the ultimate spanking stick? And I don't think I want to receive that spanking. So maybe I need to submit to authority. Maybe I need to submit to one another. Okay, so we veered off from our battle here a little bit. Remember, we were in a battle on the pirate ship. We came alongside a ship, and, and we're doing battle. And so we're battle. The battle's raging on, and then all of a sudden, a white flag goes up. The other ship surrendered. We've won. They've submitted to our authority. Now, yes, it's my story, so of course we're going to win. <laughs> so, but before we do this, I want to look at God's word of, 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 on this and look at what we're going to do. So now our last blank is victory. So we've, re we've achieved victory. I want us to look at Ephesians 6, 9. Because we've got, we've got this captured ship now. So we need to know what to do with all of these people that we've just captured. But I want to use God's word to do that. So Ephesians 6, 9 says, And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. So I left off some verses there when it says, And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. What is he talking about? Well, the verses before this, this is how, this is what he says. He says, to obey their masters with respect and fear, with sincerity of heart as they would obey Jesus. Serve wholeheartedly as if serving the Lord. So masters, us, we've captured this ship. That's how we're supposed to treat our slaves. The same way. Because that's how I read this. That's what I, that's what I see that. So, Last week, again, we talked about serving one another and that we're slaves to one another, so I think we maybe have a handle on what we're supposed to do there. But let's look at Colossians 4.1. Colossians 4.1 says, Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. We all have the same master, don't we? We have the same master, which is God. 
So now back to these prisoners. What are we going to do? What are we going to do with them? Now, again, it's my story, so we're nice pirates. We're nice pirates, and we're not going to make them walk the plank. You know, and I, we just said that God's our master, and we're commanded in these verses not to threaten them. We're supposed to pride for them, provide for them what is right and fair. And I look at this and I say, you know, we're pirates, so we just did what pirates do. But what did these people do to us? They didn't do anything to us. They were just sailing along in their boat and happened to be at the wrong spot at the wrong time. And we just came alongside and, and domineered them, took over. So what would be right and fair to these people? They didn't do anything. They didn't do anything to us. So let's look at Luke 6, 37 through 38, before we make our decision. It says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. There's a lot of choices here we can do with these slaves. A lot of choices we can do with these captured people. So, have you ever heard of a pirate treating their, their captured people as they would want to be treated? I haven't either. So, treating them as, say, this last verse says, treating them with a good measure. Treating them with the same measure that you use that will be measured on you. If we just think about that, it doesn't make any sense, does it? So what if the tables were turned? What if I changed the story and the pirates lost? We were their prisoners. We'd probably be anxious. We'd be full of terror. We'd be afraid. We'd be scared. We'd probably just be wanting this nightmare to be over. We might want to just go home and turn on Netflix and watch another episode of The Office for the 10th time. So how would you want to be treated? Fairly. But we, did, we won, and I'm, I get to be captain too since it's my story, by the way. So I'm the captain, and here's the captain of the other ship. So I extend out a hand to him. I help him up. I say, I tell him, I said, you know what, bring all your injured. We'll, we'll patch him up, and we'll take care of him. We'll heal him. Then what if I did something really crazy? What if the pirate king, or the the captain of your ship was sitting here. What if I got down and I went in on a knee? I submitted myself to him. I took a position of reverence to him. I put myself underneath him. I submitted. That'd be kind of odd. be kind of strange. But like I said, I, th I, I think I, I'm probably a pretty bad pirate. I don't think I'd be a very good one. And I did say we were nice pirates. But let me tell you a story of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 24. Many of you will recognize this story. This is David is, finds himself hiding in a cave. David is fleeing for his life. He's running. He's fighting. And because Saul, the anointed king, the king that has authority, that was a, a, a put there by God, is still king. And he's hunting David. He's trying to kill David. That's his mission. So Saul comes into this cave. David and all his men are in here. Saul just comes in and go to the bathroom. 
So all his men are saying, David, there's your chance. Kill him. Kill him. Well, David sneaks up to him, and all he does is cut a little piece of the corner of his garment off. Saul finishes. He leaves. There's a confrontation. Dave comes, David comes out of the, the cave, and, and they have a confrontation with Saul, and he says some things. But David had a position of power. He had the ability to, to, to eliminate Saul right there, but he didn't. He submitted to Saul because he still was the king. He submitted to God because he was still the appointed king. So there's a position where me taking a knee maybe, maybe isn't that far-fetched. But let's bring this to, just so we can bring this into a little modern day, of the great movie franchise, The Fast and the Furious. Many of you have seen these movies. Um, some of you haven't. But there's, there's lots of episodes in these movies where, take, I think it's the second one or the first one, where um, Brian, who is the FBI agent, the police, has Dominic Toretto beat. He could arrest him, take him to jail. He's in, the, he's in control. And what does he do? He hands him his keys and lets him escape. And there's other episodes in the movie, in the other movies, where some, the victor lets the loser survive or puts him into it, some, some sort of submission to them. So you're welcome. Fast and Furious franchise. I should get a pay on that that because I'm sure we'll all go binge watch that today but I start to think what if our relationships were like that what if we start to put our relationships as such that we just submit to one another you know this series that we're in this is between you and me it's it's a lot focused on relationships it's focused on relationships between you and I between God and I we have families relationships with one another Relationships with our bosses, relationships with our employees, relationships with maybe the government and elected officials, as I said, with Jesus and with God. I think our lives would look so much different. Our lives would be such different, our relationships, if we encouraged one another, if we loved one another, if we served one another, and we now submitted to one another. So the next time I have a battle with my wife, the next time we get in a disagreement, we don't agree with one, with one another. We start to, our ships come alongside each other. The cannons are about to start, start firing. They start to go off and we start to put holes in each other. So what if instead of entering into that battle, I entered into that battle with one of the one another's that we talked about? Maybe, maybe submit. Maybe I come into that battle not needing to win, but submitting needing to maybe submit my will for hers, submitting to her point of view. What if I did that? How about the next time the boss calls you into his office? You think you're in trouble or you want to defend yourself? You just submit to it. What about then? What about the next time I am the boss and I call someone in my office and I submit to my employee and I just listen to him? What about as a parent, we want to take our spanking stick and our, our kid wants to say something and we don't just cut them off, but we listen to them. We submit to what they have to say. You know, for some of us, maybe the first step is just submitting to God. Maybe the first step is just saying, 
I'm going to submit to God's authority. Maybe that needs to be your first step. Like I said, I, I, I'd be a terrible pirate. I don't think I'd be very good. But perhaps our victory is in submission. Perhaps our victory is found when we submit to one another. Let's pray. Father God, I just um, thank you for today. I thank you for your words, and I um, just pray that we can just grow from learning what it means to submit, submitting to one another, and that um, maybe there's people in this room right now that just need to submit to you, that they want to say, God, I want to start by saying I submit to your authority. And if there's somebody here in this room now that wants to say yes to God and submit to him, if they want to just raise their hand and look up at me and say yes to God.